You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mella. And I'm the Southern Belle in Bell Book and Candle. We've got another great dialogue for you today. Our guest is Saul Ravencraft. Saul is an executive occultist who provides diversion and escape for people with demonstrations of mind powers, strange tales, and weird artifacts. He tells fortunes and is a true believer in the power of intention. He's a magical practitioner and a devotee to elemental powers and the seven principles of the Kabbalion. Welcome, Saul. Thank you so much for joining us. So I was really excited when I saw that you wanted to talk about the seven hermetic principles of the oh, Kabbalion. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it has been so integral to my own belief system. I have woven them into my pagan practice. And so we probably have listeners that have no idea what in the hell we're talking about. What's the Kabbalion? What in the world do we mean by the seven principles? So can right. you give just an introduction on that? So the uh, the Kabbalion is a book that was written. Uh, it, it is probably written by William Walker Atkinson, uh, although that's obscure. Hmm. It uh, came out in uh, 1908, and it purports to be the ancient teachings of Hermes Trismegistus. Wow. That's cool. Now, it's unusual in that the Kabbalion quotes itself. (laughs) At the beginning of each chapter, there is a phrase from the Kabbalion that is not found anywhere else in the Kabbalion. So, are we reading the real Kabbalion? Are these the cliff notes of the Kabbalion? (laughs) And there's another Kabbalion somewhere else that we really should be reading. And honestly, this does not have a strong relationship to the ancient teachings of Hermes. Mm. It is kind of new thought. Mm-hmm. It is It is actually at the cusp of uh, the, the, the beginning of that, that new age thought that comes mm. from Helena Blavatsky and, and a lot of these, these and, and people like William Walker Atkinson. However... I think that just because that, that, that's a witchy thing that we do that says, you know, I follow this tradition and it goes all the way back into the past, <laughs> back to the dawns of time. Right. <laughs> Therefore, it's okay and you can't tell me not to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Honestly, a lot of that stuff is, is not real solid. And who cares? Right. Right, exactly. Who cares? One of my favorite quotes uh, in, in a book, it was by a, an author named Amber Kay, and it was it was a, in, in her foreword to a book on witchcraft. And she said, whether I'm causing coincidence or creating magic, who cares as long as it works? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a great attitude to have about yeah. all this. And when things inspire you, even when they come from a place that is a little apocryphal, or even when they come from a place that is deeply flawed, mm. like an artist or an author mm-hmm. who has issues. 
Yeah. People are talking about stuff like that right now. Yeah. And I believe the art transcends the artist. Hmm. That that if there is good, if it is really inspired, the the artist is just a tool, and sometimes they really are. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but the uh, the this art that has something big to teach people is bigger than that artist, mm -hmm. and it is going to do far more good in the universe than the harm that that flawed individual did. Hmm. And I hope that somehow. I understand if we need to step back from some kinds of art right now, mm -hmm. but I also hope that we don't burn it, that it gets preserved so that later on a generation or two can come back to it who doesn't have all this other indoctrination about what they're supposed to think about this. Yeah. They will look at it for what it is and find the enlightenment that is there. Hmm. That's what I hope. That's what yeah. I hope. And I see the same thing with the Kabbalion, that historically there are flaws. The things it tries to portray itself to be are are a little, you know, theatrical, mm -hmm. perhaps. A little sketchy and, sometimes. <laughs> right. And yet within it are these wonderful things. Yeah. And I see the seven principles. The Kabbalion talks about these seven principles and how each one applies to how you look at things. Mm -hmm. And I look at them as lenses mm. through which to view whatever it is that you're dealing with. Think about science. There are different branches of science, okay? It's all science, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, there, there's physics, and, and within physics, there's things like thermodynamics and Newtonian physics and, and these different thoughts that are all interconnected. They're all physics. But there are certain principles that you apply to certain situations. <laughs> and one of the first things that someone does when they look at a problem scientifically is they look, okay, which principles apply here? Mm. Is this a Newtonian physics problem where we're talking about things falling? Is mm -hmm. this a thermodynamics problem where we're talking about what's going on with temperature or what? Yeah, yeah. And deciding that informs you as to which equations you're going to apply. Yeah. How am I going to apply this science? And that's what I see that these principles do. They give you ways to look at what's going on, what it is that you want to manifest, hmm. and to decide which principle do I need to apply here? Which part of my energy do I want to, to bring into this? Yeah. And some of the principles are very profound in that if you if you use them if you view your world through that lens it changes everything so i don't know if you want to go through the principles briefly or you want to just say y'all need to go look that stuff up <laughs> <laughs> well which one of the seven has changed your life well so there there are there are um there there, there are three i think that i, I want to bring up and then a fourth one i'll kind of leave hanging um, okay. First, the principle of mentalism. It's the number mm. one principle. Everything is mental. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, we are unique in that everything we experience is processed through our thoughts. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. My cat does not go outside, see the car parked in a funky way, and decide that that has to do with them personally. <laughs> <laughs> you just think that. <laughs> right? 
we we had this amazing way of bringing all kinds of other stuff mm -hmm. into our experiences. Yeah. And on the one hand, that's a little messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and and it makes us weird. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, what a powerful tool to recognize that I am deciding things about what I am experiencing. Mm. And that changing what I decide may change the experience. Mm. And that's a hard one because again, it's about taking responsibility. Yeah. I, I struggle with my body, right? I know, I know men aren't supposed to do that. We're supposed to just hang out with a beer in our hand and, you know, <laughs> hand down our pants. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And just, Hey, love it or leave it. Right. Um, but there are times I look in the mirror and I just go, <sighs> <laughs> and I've had a few people point out to me that they see me differently than I see myself. Wow. Yeah. And I do my best to incorporate what they are teaching me into what I see in the mirror mm. and to be more accepting of my body doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not trying to care for my body. Right. Right. But to not, not be saddened, not be depressed and discouraged and angry about yeah. my body because my body is a part of creation and it makes it a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Not everybody gets to look at it. That's your loss. <laughs> <laughs> no, but th th there is something beautiful and glorious when you see yourself as a part of nature. Yeah. And, and you see the qualities of yourself that are delightful. Mm. Th th that's, that changes everything. And yeah. it's your mind doing that. Right. And you get to decide what things mean. And, and That's powerful. It is extremely powerful. And it also means that when you're encountering something that makes you feel hopeless and helpless, the first place you go to is how do I think about this? Mm. Who's the witch? That's right. Who's the goddess? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and you gotta you, you've got to start there because it is it is the way that everything starts and also when you accept that that is true about you you understand that it is true about everyone else hmm. yeah and so now the way people respond to things the way people look at things that is about their own mental processing their own perception and you may or may not be able to fix that but you can certainly not incorporate it into your own vision yeah yeah right mm-hmm Stop looking for other people's approval. Stop looking for other people's permission. Some of those kids who didn't like you in middle school are never going to like you. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do, right. you're never going to get it right. And that's just the way it is. And middle school was a really long time ago. Why are you even thinking about that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, uh, the next principle that, that jumps out to me, they're all important, but the mm -hmm. next principle I think is really key is vibration. Mm. Because vibration is about the movement 
the, 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 the motion that something maintains. Vibrations, I, I think about music, guitar strings, mm -hmm. right? Harmonies. Ultimately, as witches, we want to bring about harmonious things in our world mm -hmm. where everything just kind of comes together and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not work. It's not, it's not something that we have to maintain. It just, there's something called a sympathetic harmonic in a guitar string hmm. where if you if you have a few guitars laying around and you start plucking a string of one of them the other guitars will start to sing with oh, that wow. same note okay why well because the body of the guitar vibrates with that vibration it goes out into the air the other guitars begin to vibrate with that vibration and eventually it goes back to the string on the other guitar so hmm. now all the guitars are in a weird way playing that note. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think the same thing happens with what we manifest and how we manifest it. There's that solar side where we're doing things by precision. It's the magician card in tarot. Uh, it's, it's through your will and through your how you lay things out and how you make everything line up. And then there's that lunar high priestess energy that just doesn't worry about what color it's going to be mm -hmm. just that everything kind of lines up i don't have to know how this works it's going to work mm -hmm. and to allow that now you need both of those vibrations in your world mm -hmm. but but understanding that harmony and that achieving harmonies is really the goal mm -hmm. as a witch you're not actually commanding the universe mm -hmm. as cool as that sounds <laughs> you are placing yourself in harmony with the universe mm. and maintaining a vibration that pulls together that makes those other guitars sing with you yeah. that manifests what it is you're trying to bring about which means it's not all about you you don't have yeah. to own it all yeah some of that <laughs> stuff you can totally let go of and it'll handle itself yeah but you got to maintain that vibration Mm. And sometimes it's a jazz chord. Mm. Sometimes it's a chord that doesn't sound harmonious by itself, but in mm -hmm. its place, in its time, is just the perfect thing. Mm. And that we have control over our vibration by how we set ourselves up mentally. Yeah. And we can raise and lower our vibration. We can match other people's vibration or put ourselves in harmony with that vibration. It's mm. a very, very powerful thing. And that's why things like meditating and journaling and, and all these things that cause you to slow yourself and focus on things and find that clarity mm. that reaches out. It's also why when you really start to embrace your practice, you're not nearly as angry as you used to be. That's true and why you should be cautious around people who are witches that always seem to be angry. Mm. Yeah. Because they're still working something out. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you definitely, well, you don't want to be in the blast radius first. Right. <laughs> um, but also you don't want to tie yourself to that. Mm. Because ultimately having a witchy lifestyle should be peaceful and cool. And, yes. Yeah. I agree. 
you you should you should wake up every day delighting in creation yeah yeah Your and gratitude <laughs> yeah gratitude gratitude that's yeah. what it's all about so vibration i think fits very very much into that and then the uh the other one that i think is really important especially today and it's it's the principle that i focused on that got me through the incident in 2016 was polarity hmm. polarity says that everything has its opposite mm -hmm. and its opposite must exist mm. you can't have a top without a bottom you can't have light without dark you can't have bernie sanders without donald trump mm -hmm. right not to get political but that's the way a yeah. lot of people sort of view those people as you know the, the in the comic book style there yeah and I find that, that what a lot of times we do when we're concerned about something, especially social injustice or something like that, something we go, the world would be better if, so mm -hmm. that's got to be fixed. Our goal is to eliminate it. Mm. And it can never be eliminated. Yeah. It can never be obliterated. It will always exist to some degree. And because that's the way the universe works, there is nothing you can do about it. Mm. Well, what the hell is witchcraft for? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and to me, the big understanding, the big lesson in the principle of polarity, one, is that the opposites do exist. And so if you're mm -hmm. trying to balance something, you bring in the opposite. Mm why shadow work is important yeah we gotta deal with those aspects of ourselves that are the least comfortable ones right we have to recognize our our capacity to fight as well as be peaceful because hmm. it may be called for at some point in some way right you know rather not but you have to be able to call upon all your powers when necessary the other side of that is that you stop tilting at those windmills of trying to destroy something which cannot be destroyed. Mm, you know, yeah. How many people have made achievements in their goals of social things and said, but we're still not done. Yeah. And they continue to devote themselves going after the, the evil, mm -hmm. right? And evil is one of those words. When they could be spending some of that energy, most of that energy, maybe all of that energy, nurturing the good they're bringing about. So mm. it grows. Yeah. And that, that tension turns from a banishing intention to a nurturing intention, which mm. is always more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Like a shifting. Right. And when you look at things through the lens of polarity, you recognize, okay, I can never eliminate this thing. Yeah. But I can make it irrelevant. Hmm. Gosh. At least within my sphere and yeah. the people that are going to live in my society. Hmm. Yeah. And and that that I think is a big challenge for people. Hmm. So those those are my top three. The one that I'll leave hanging is the principle of gender. Mm. That's one that, as a society, there's a lot of conversation about. Yeah. I am a, uh, I am 
a pretty straightforward cis male kind of a guy, um, which means that a lot of experience outside of that, I don't deny it. I've just never experienced it. Yeah. I can only experience it through metaphor. Mm. You know, kind of get an idea of what that might feel like, mm -hmm. but I'll never, I'll never fully understand it. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't have to understand it. It's a mystery. And, and I right. think one of the blessings of embracing a witchy lifestyle is that you can have mysteries. Yeah. You don't have to know how everything works. It just right. works. It just works. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, we just, just use a yellow candle. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and that there is one of the things that the principle of gender acknowledges is that we all have male and female aspects within us. Mm-hmm. And so even though we don't personally have the sort of conflict that some people experience, mm -hmm. we can still understand that somewhere I have connections to all of that. Mm. And at that point, you know, I, as, as I've opened myself as a practitioner, I have become much more in touch with the lunar aspect of myself. Hmm. Uh, I still present in a very solar manner most of the mm -hmm. time, but I, I don't deny that I have the, the lunar aspects to myself. And occasionally letting go of that need to own things mm -hmm. is very important. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I recognize that as calling upon my lunar aspect and I do it mm -hmm. on purpose now. And so it gives me at least respect and, and a level of appreciation hmm. for some of the, the upheaval that's going on right now yeah. in sexual orientation and sexuality as an idea and even our definitions of, of male and female. And I think that that is such an important lens to view things through right now yeah and yet it's the weird one at the end that we go yeah <laughs> there's there's gender yeah yeah <laughs> let's not touch that one today right well, that's kind of what we're thinking explain about it incredibly well as they go through it in the book yeah yeah they, they talk about it as a mystery yeah and, and I think that's a great way of thinking about it. Gender mm. is mysterious. We yeah. can tap into it. We can experience it. Yeah. But it's bigger than us. Mm. We can't understand it while we're trapped in this crude matter. The way that you just explained those is probably the best way that I've ever heard. And I t I've taken classes on the Kabbalion. So thank you so much. You have made the ones that you talked about so clear. I think anybody listening is going to have just clarity on what those are. So I, I just wanted to tell you that that's the best explanation that I've ever heard as far as practicality. Well, thank you. I've, I've thought about doing a workshop. I did a mini one one mm. time where we went through all of it. And I've thought about doing something more formally. Maybe I should think more about that. I think you should because you have made it just completely practical and understandable in a way that anything I've read or anything I've heard in classes, I just haven't heard it that way before. Well, thank you. Yeah. That, that's, that touches me. Good. <laughs> Good. Cause it's, I, I mean it, I truly mean it. 
Now, as far as myself, the, the principle that changed my life the most is the first principle that I ever came in contact with. And when I came in contact with it, I had no clue even what it was because I hadn't even discovered anything about the Kabbalion yet, but it was the principle of cause and effect. Yes. It shifted everything. It changed my life because I had come out of a very um, cult-like church and I was trying to fit into all this box and then people in my family started dying and I got sick. And so with the with the worldview that I had been given, I was like angry. You know, like, I don't want to have anything to do with spirituality. God, I hate you. All this stuff like that. And then one day, it was like I woke up and a light bulb went off and I thought, wait a minute. And I even used the words cause and effect. I thought, wait a minute, cause and effect. My grandmother smoked since she was a child and she died of lung cancer. God didn't take her away from me. You know, it was just, okay, that is what happens. My uncle, whom I was extremely close to, and it broke my life and my heart when he died, he died of AIDS. And I just uh, I accused God or the divine or whatever I was screaming out to. You took the most important person away from me. But in that moment, I thought he made choices, which means that he got AIDS. And that was the result. God didn't right. do anything to punish him. God didn't take him from me. It just happened that way. It just, it opened my mind up to start to explore spirituality again. And right. it's just, it was really amazing. And then later on, I when I started studying the Kabbalion, it was years later, I thought, oh my God, this is a, <laughs> this is a principle of the world. <laughs> Everyone needs well, to know this. It's interesting the way that you frame it, because I think that's a very important aspect of that. We talked about how uh, witches, we have power and we 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 shouldn't imagine that, that there's there's anything we couldn't accomplish if we decided mm -hmm. that it needed to be accomplished and truly decided, truly dedicated. And mm -hmm. so we have a, a sense of our own power and that's great. Mm hmm. And yet the rest of the universe is doing its thing. Even though we have that power, we aren't running everything. Right. And that we have to allow for cause and effect mm -hmm. and to not be personally responsible yeah. for everyone and everything in the universe. Yeah. That, that things happen and they're yeah. gonna happen because, because they happen. Right. And they're going to happen to us, too. They are. They are. So I love that you you found that there. And the way that you experienced it, I think, is exactly the way to apply it mm. is is to recognize the universe is bigger than you. Yeah. And and, you know, vibrate as hard as you want to. You're not going to cover it all. Yeah. Nor yeah. should you. Right. There's a there's a joke I share a lot. And, you know, insert whatever, whatever works for you. God was in the joke. You can call it the universe. You can call it whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a terrible flood going on. And the sheriff comes by this guy's house and says, we need uh, to evacuate everybody. The floods are going to make everything impassable. So come on with me. And the mm -hmm. guy goes, no, no, no. God will protect me. 
And so the floodwaters rise. He ends up on the second floor of his house. And this boat comes by. And a guy with a megaphone goes, Come into the boat. We'll take you away. And uh, the guy goes, uh, No, no, no. God will protect me. Then he ends up on the roof. Floodwaters have just completely come up over his whole house. And he's up on the roof. This helicopter comes by. And the loudspeaker says, We're going to send down a rope ladder. Climb up and we'll take you to the safety. And the guy goes, no, no, God will protect me. And they fly on and he drowns hmm. and he ends up standing before God. He says, God, I trusted you. Why didn't you protect me? And God says, well, I sent you a sheriff and a boat and a helicopter. What more did you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we, we have to let things, we, we have to let the signs be as they are. We have to let some of that play out, not try to define what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's not glowy enough. Must not be magic. <laughs> exactly. And I've seen that with people that I've known who wouldn't get treatment, medical treatment. No, I'm going to have it magically or God is going to take this away from me and they end up dying. And they right. say, and then the family's angry because God didn't save this person. Well, That's right. God provided medicine. God provided all these things and you just didn't take it. The universe made those hands available to you. Yeah. Wow. And you set them aside. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I completely encourage anyone, especially someone that is trying to make some sense of their practice mm. to explore the principles of the Kabbalion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there and you'll, you'll be surprised at how quickly it influences your thinking yeah. and shields you from those kinds of societal things that we talked about mm. that are yeah. constantly trying to break you down and make mm. you helpless. Yeah. It has just been awesome having you here talking about all these different things if listeners want to hear more from you where can they get in touch with you well i am on facebook uh if you look for saul ravencraft executive occultist i am not hard to find okay another benefit for that uh also saulravencraft.com uh, is my website but quite honestly if you're a facebook person it'll be a lot easier to follow things there because okay. i find I do a lot more uh, individual stuff. I'm also co-host of a podcast on Sundays called Witch Hat Chats. It broadcasts through YouTube. Okay. And uh, it is every Sunday. It's it's a lot of lot of open discussion with, with different guests about things. And uh, apparently I'm going to have a workshop soon. So yeah. be looking for that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Saul. Definitely a lot of ideas for y'all to think about. Chew on for a bit, see how it relates to your life. I know for a fact that these principles of the Kabbalion really did change my life and help me see the world in a different way. So y'all show Saul some love, all of our guests some love by visiting their websites, checking them out on social media. And if you end up reaching out to them, tell them that you heard them on Bell, Book and Candle. And don't forget that you can always send me comments about an episode, insights on questions that you want to ask me. And if you would like, you could even click that link and send a little voice message to me. Super easy, y'all. And I reckon I might just use it on one of our future episodes. 
Take care and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.